some disciples of John the Baptist, asked them this question here, and he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John, Baptism. Notice in verse 2. Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? I would like to spend seven days and seven nights just talking just to the church alone about that verse. Seven days and seven nights. I would really love, like Jesus says, let's go up on a mountain and let's go talk for a while about the kingdom of God. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And my title is Pentecost is a promised received. Pentecost is a promised received. Lord, how excellent is your name throughout the earth. From morning to night, great is thy faithfulness. We can count on it more than we can count on the sun and the moon and the star to give their lights. We thank you for what you're going to do this today in this service, this afternoon, and tonight again, and tomorrow, and the rest of the days, until you come. I'm depending on you right now to bring us through in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. There are 3,000 573 promises in the Bible. I'm talking about the King James Version Bible. 3,000, write them down. 573 promises. Minimum that many promises. And there are actually uh 1,189 chapters in the Bible. 1,189 chapters in the Bible. In fact, 929 in the Old Testament and 260 in the New. If you divide the number of chapters into 3,573 you look, come to how many promises there are per chapter in your Bible. These promises are not slack. In fact, I want to talk to the church in particular because we're closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus than when they first penned these words, it's coming soon. The Bible promises that God before that great and notable day that's coming down our future road, he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Now, we're Gentiles, and we have no background to go from, but if you were a Jew, you know God does not pour his spirit on all flesh. Not in Old Testament time before Christ came. He only poured out his presence on the anointing of a prophet, for the purpose of revealing the will of God, or on a priest for the purpose of meditorial work, or a king for governing in a theocratic government. Those are the three reasons why God would allow his spirit not just to be filled, but to rest upon an individual. It was their inauguration. It was their anointing. It was the empowerment of an individual to function for God. Now, once that power has lifted up, God's spirit would just step aside, and that's how it would be. A man could have a spirit of God blew upon him today, and never happening again tomorrow or future days. But it always came with a purpose and a job description. So you don't have an office with God, with the spirit of God. And so Israel, in a revered the Bible. It's not a history book of mankind. It's the history book of a king and his dominion as he interacts with humanity. Now, there are many beliefs in our world. Some say, I don't believe in God. Some say, I can to a certain point. And some question whether God even have any 
existence and meaningfulness among us. Now, I could go into pantheism, agnosticism, you know, rationalism, and all these isms out there, but let's not waste our time there at all. God's promises are not slack. God is not slack concerning his promises. And nobody by their unbelief can make the promises of God of none effect. Because you don't believe it, that does not eradicate it. Because you don't accept it, that don't mean that fulfillment will not transpire. Because you don't accept the interpretation that doesn't match your philosophical teaching of the books that you read, that does not eliminate the truth of God's word. God's word is settled in the heaven. <laughs> and God don't need you and me as a counselor. God will not ask you whether you accept it or not. God just teaches it. Obey it or else. Amen. And so the Bible says, no, not one of his good promises ever falling to the ground. Not one of God's promises ever falling to the ground. Now, when you read Genesis chapter 1, you don't find any promises there at all. Go look for yourself. What you find is a declaration of God. Let there be. And it was so. You know, God just said, let it be. And it was so. And it happened the way God says it. And God says, that's the first day. That's the second day. That's the third day. That's the fourth day. The fifth day. And the sixth day. He says, let's make man. And he made man from the dust of the earth. And then God gave him a decree. Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. There's prophetic words there. Be fruitful, multiply. That's speaking to the future. And replenish. Can you imagine dispensational truth hidden in those three little sentences? Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. Let me go forward here very quickly and fast forward for you. What he's saying here, have birth. Multiply the birth. And replenish, have rebirth. Now, I'm going to make some statement here. I don't have time to explain them all to you unless you want to have a Bible study in my office or somewhere else or some other time. But I believe that was the beginning of Pentecost. He counted one, two, three, four, five, six, and I rest on the seventh day. Well, what about the eighth day? The eighth day seemed like it never come. Never happened. Now, if you are a Hebrew scholar, you say, well, on the seventh day, God rested, from which we get the term sabbatical rest. Sabbath, seventh day. And then there's another day God spoke of, the eighth day, which we don't talk about at all. But the eighth day is what today is. Today is called the eighth day. This is not the seventh day. This is the eighth day. Today is the eighth day. Can you believe that? And this day in God's economy has a lot more theological meaning than you understand. And hopefully I can help you to understand this. Now, let me get a brief history of Israel. Because that's God's people. After Adam and Eve messed up and God rejected them, went to their children and chose one half of their kids and said, that's my, my kind. And the rest, he just said, you're not my kind. And, you know, the flood came and the flood washed away a lot of God's people. went with the Canaanites and, and they perished. And when, Adam, when Noah came back, Noah did some things. I'm going to point some things out to you. Do you know in the Bible, the Bible says to, to Noah, the exact words he said to Adam, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Do you know that Noah did exactly what Abel did? He built an altar. Everybody in our world are building altars. But God taught us very early in life, not all altars are his. And if you search your Bible, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, it was in the time of, listen now, springtime. A time 
in which is linked with the Leviticus 23 chapter, talk about the, the time of Pentecost, when things were to grow, when God spoke to him, he's given a command, because God commanded all the trees to be what? Fruitful and what? Multiply. That only take place what time of the year? Not October, not January, but springtime. And what, 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 is, what is springtime? Amen. What is harvest time? And what is the close of the harvest? And so God is painting a picture in a prophetic way. We call this thing acrostic. Acrostic is where you have to look beyond just the writing and find images of what God is trying to do here. Now, Adam and Eve, before they sinned, had power, dominion, and authority over everything. They could subdue, they could command, and what they said, it was so, and that's what the power was that God gave them. God created Adam in a time, in a Pentecostal experience, time. And so God said, now, Adam, you're in charge. I give you dominion, and you're, this earth is yours, everything is yours. When he lost it, somebody took it from him. The devil stole it from him and walked off with it. And the devil says, all this to Jesus, all this is mine. It was given to me. Now, how do you got it? You got it from the devil. You got it from Adam and Eve. Now, Cain and Abel came to God. Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offered to God. And God said, I don't want that from you. And God said, get away. And then another guy came and he brought another offering, a blood offering, and God said, I receive it. Amen. And when he received it, look what happened. Fire came. What you have to understand in your Bible, no one book, no one chapter give you the complete story. You've got to put the jigsaw puzzle together to get the picture. Otherwise, you're going to miss it because one verse could jump from today and jump 1,500 years down the road. I'm talking about an event that's unrelated. And the untrained mind go in the Bible and say, well, this book contradicts itself. This book is out of sequence. And then, you know, get all these false interpretations. As if the problem is with the Bible. The problem is with the interpreter. Nothing wrong with your Bible. On the Godhead or baptism or the Holy Ghost, you got it wrong because you don't know what you're talking about. But God does not make mistakes. There are no errors in the Bible. You just don't know what you're reading. And somebody got to teach you. Otherwise, you're going to mess yourself up. With wrong ideas, all right? And, and so God's trying to teach uh, Cain and Abel a lesson that as far as God is concerned, there are only two religions on earth, the right and the wrong. I don't care what they call themselves. Doesn't matter what you name your religion or your cultic practices. As far as God is concerned, it's either of Cain or of Abel. And in the days of Abel, and Seth, men began to call upon the Lord. Now that scripture should bring back to your memory other times when the Bible says, And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And how can they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe without hearing? And how can they hear except they be sent? You may choose your own church, but God didn't. Let me choose my church. He sent me in his church. And you may choose your preacher, but God give preachers to people that he wants to save. So you may choose your cult. That's all right. But the Bible says that uh, this young lad, amen, built the right altar, and God said, that's it. And notice what happened. The Shekinah came on the altar. It does matter what's on the altar. And God sent his divine approval by setting the visible manifestation of his presence and said, I receive what you place there. You know, you can put, you can light your own match if you want to, but God won't receive that. You want fire from heaven. You want fire from heaven. And when Noah built his altar, God sent fire, fire of acceptance. Not only that, so it's a rainbow. And a rainbow can only come where there's fire and rain. Hello? 
and the inf and the fridge, the, the beautiful turquoise and beautiful looks that you see is the reflection of the Shekinah. So we know what happened. Now, when God chose Abraham, which you guys don't seem to understand here, God chose Abraham for a reason. To reveal some secrets to Abraham of things to come. The 12th chapter of the book of Genesis, you're going to find there are eight promises God made to this man. And every person today that's in the Pentecostal church are children of Abraham. And Sarah is your mother. And the promises of Abraham is yes and amen to every true Pentecostal believer. Because the promise of Abraham come to us and it can only come to us through the auspices of Abraham, the promised man that God said, this is my man that's going to bless all the nations of the earth. I just told someone a while ago that all the nations of the earth must come back to Abraham. Now, I want you to realize when God did this, Abraham was in a place that was not yet his own. But God speak of things which are not as though they are. Oh, this is yours, Abraham. And in your seed shall all the family of the earth be blessed. You're this guy's old and got no kids. But God said, your kids are going to be like the stars of heaven. And like the sand of the seashore. These are promises God is making to the man in prophetic terminology. Hello. And Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. Every Pentecostals are not doubters, they're believers. God does not waste time on doubters. You can question this all you want to, and all you get is thud. Shut up scripture. No revelation. No divine illumination. No inspiration. No motivation. But they that believe on the Lord God shall have revelation, divine inspiration, and holy illumination. And God will give them regeneration because it comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Not philosophy, not some, some guy's theories of kind. No, church. It's the word of God. Man shall not live by <laughs> food alone, but by every word that come out of the mouth of God. Amen, amen, church. Now you want to see God is developing faith. Now, church. You know, a Christian don't know this. Every experience you have in your walk with God is not wasted. It's leading somewhere. It has a culmination. It has a manifestation. It has a time when God says time for the epilogue to come. You've had the prologue long enough. I'm going to reveal to you what I'm trying to do with you. And Abraham walked, but not in circles. We're going somewhere. And the Bible said that Abraham, amen, believed God, and God counted the righteousness. Look what happened, church. Then God made him a promise of a son. The son was born. I want you to notice. And God ignored Ishmael and called Abraham's son the only begotten son. Can't you see the unfolding drama of Pentecost? Pentecost is not just something we one day said, well, in Azusa Street, we're Pentecostals. Or make Mary, we're Pentecostal. You're wrong, guys. I'm trying to show you from the beginning, this was in the mind of God. From before the foundation of the earth, Christ was crucified. Before it even happened. And here what happened. And the Bible snowed. Abraham took this guy up Mount Moriah. Now, church, this is in a place that is foreign to Abraham. And God said, Now offer thine only what? Thine only son. I'm trying to tell you what Pentecost is all about. I'm going to get some real history here. And he said, okay, God, I'll do it. He took him up to Mount Moriah. And while he was going up on that mountain, all he had was what? A son, a knife, wood, and fire. But no sacrifice. He got it as far as he could. The boy got smart and said, Daddy, what is going on? We always have a ram. Today we have no lamb, no ram. What's going on? Who's the man going to be on this altar? The Lord will provide. The divine revelation, Jehovah Jireh, mean the Lord will what? Now here's Abraham, by inspiration, divine manifestation, revelation, says Jehovah Jireh, even though he does not know that name, 
You see the reason why you can't see what is the God? Because you're blinded. Satan blinded your mind that he won't believe. But when God put on your eyes, you don't see through, you see one. The oneness of God is a divine revelation. Because no man know this except the Father revealed it to him. Amen. And so he said, Jehovah Jireh, by divine revelation, all Abraham ever know was, I know him by the name God Almighty. But the name Jehovah Yahweh was not even revealed. But here at the time he should offer that child, ooh, God said, I'm testing your obedience. And he said, I'm going to obey God. And God stopped him. And when God stopped him, God said, that's enough. I see that you love me more than your child. Go ahead. Look on the other side. And there was a ram. Church, that ram was always there. But not seen by Abraham. Not everybody seen all the workings of Pentecost. Not everybody understand the dress code of Pentecost. Not everybody understand the peculiarityness of our belief system. In fact, in me as person, they said our laws are diverse and contradictory and controversial. Amen. Hallelujah. And so the Bible know that God said, offer this thing. Now, that's the message of substitutionary sacrifice. Now, ask the question, where did God find skin to cover Adam and Eve? Now, church, I'm talking to you. This is your legacy. Where did he find it? Except the innocent had to die for the guilty. The word covering means atonement. So God atoned for Adam and Eve. And when God chose that ram, and offer the ram in the place of a lamb or a son. He said, there's coming a day when I will become that sacrifice. The Lord will provide himself the sacrifice. He won't send another person. He will come himself. And he will become the sacrifice. And Abraham had no idea what he's doing. But when he knows the church after that, they came down from that mountain and the Bible revealed the heart of Abraham. It said, Abraham believed God. And Abraham had this in his mind. If I slay my son, I'm going to see a resurrection of my son. Amen. You folks don't get it, my Lord. And I'm in the wrong crowd. I'll teach anyhow. I got to come to teach you this morning. You're not, you have to know where you're coming from. And he said, look, the Lord will provide. So Abraham believed if he had killed that boy, God would have raised him from the dead. At this juncture, nobody ever talked about resurrection. But here's a child of God with divine insight and revelation that's going to be the, the founding block for a future Pentecostal faith. You can't be a Pentecostal and not have the faith of Abraham. You can't be a Pentecostal and not be the seed of Abraham. You can't be a Pentecostal and not walk like Abraham and trust God like Abraham. And Abraham believed God. Now Abraham called his servant. Church, what's the message here? Folks don't understand preachers and why we behave the way we do. Here's your lesson today. Abraham had a servant that he treated his own son, Eleazar, trained in the house. And now commissioned to go find a bride for the resurrected in typology, Isaac. I see I'm missing out right here. Well, go on anyhow. After Mount Moriah, there was a wedding. The servant went out, and Abraham made him swore. You don't bring back any just old girl to my son. Go to my father's house and bring to me a special girl. And the servant went with an oath. I mean, don't bring back an Hamorite or a Perizzite or Hivite. She's got to be the right girl, a virgin bride. Hello? Hey, church, if you want to know what I'm talking about, take a quick look, mental look in your mind. Revelation 17 and Revelation 19 are distinctly different in form and shape and kind and type. Look it up for yourself. 
And the Bible said when he went, he prayed. You know, everybody wants to be a part of this top church. You all can't be a part of this top church. Now, I know God will save such as to be saved. God will add those that ought to be saved. But, Pastor, you don't have the power to add anybody or take anybody off. It's God who set in the church that which pleases him. Amen. He said, I'll build my church. It's God that builds it. So I said, well, I won't join that church. I won't be a part of it. You can't join Christ. You got to be born again into the body of Christ. You can't join my family. You got to be born to be a Neil. Hallelujah. Of the seed of the Neil family. Hey, God's no different. God's a royal seed. And he prays, oh, God, I don't know which one, you know, the heart and all that my master be deceived. He gave a test. She passed the test. If you're going to be a part of Pentecostal bride, you have to pass the test. When the preacher preaches, if you can't say amen, then you're not going to pass the test. I don't care about Mount Ebal or Mount Jerusalem. Whatever I preach, it's just I say, Amen. If you belong to God, or you'll be a cast off. Hello. And she said, I will. Not only will I, I'll go beyond what you asked me to do. And little did she know, she was preparing herself for a journey unprecedented in her time. She said, I'll feed the camel also. And the Bible says, he looked with amazement. What have I got here? I don't have a rebel. I have a queen to be. Hallelujah. And when she was done, watering the camel, hey, turn up to you. Every time you drive a nail in this church, you know what you're doing? You're preparing your camel. Every time you feed this thing, my friend, you're preparing treasures in heaven. Hallelujah. Every time you rob the church, you rob your future. What you take out of this word will take it out of your place. Hallelujah. And so she fed that thing. And he said, now, where do you come from? Take me to your house. And he put some, some precious stones on her. And that church said, where I come from, there's a whole lot more. Now, you hear me now. You have to love somebody you've never seen. Based on the word picture I've created from preaching. She's going to love Isaac. Never set eyes on him. But what she heard preach about him. What she saw that he owned. They ask you, will you go or will you not go? They said, I'll go. There come a time when your family or your friends don't see what you see. Don't feel what you're feeling. Don't have the anointing that you have. That's why one taken and the other left. One in the field, one gone, and the other stayed. She said, I'm going to go. I'll take it by faith. Hello? And little does she know, she become the mother of all living. Because the earth of her Lord would come. Jesus, the Messiah. She didn't know. Let me tell you, you don't hurt this church by not coming to it. You took your part of it. You count yourself unworthy of being a part of the fellowship. Amen. You hurt yourself, honey. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says, no. Amen. What was a laughing matter to her was a crucial decision for her to make. And she said, I'm going to go with this stranger. I don't know him. I'm going to marry the guy he talked about. Hello. Every Pentecostal true believer have never seen Jesus in the flesh. The only way you can have a portrait of Jesus is what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gave you and we preacher preached to you. You don't see him who having not seen, yet you love. Receiving joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. I'm going to tell you, church, somebody told me about the joy I can have. I never thought it could be until it happened to me. I met a man called Jesus. You said in person? No. But I met the Word. 
and the word became flesh and brought among us. It stimulated my heart. He gave me something, joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'll tell you, my friend, Pentecostal, have an experience that cannot be denied. Oh, hallelujah. You'll find out 50 years from now. You'll find out if I'm right or not. Let's give you time. You have pleasure for a season. But I want pleasure forevermore. And Bible says she came riding towards the desert, across the desert, with a servant that's trusted with us, bride church. Preachers are just a friend of the bridegroom. We are not the bridegroom. Now, I'm talking to you. You ought to know what I'm talking about. Long to you. Talk about your legacy, where it come from. I can't go there and change the church and call it some community church or some halfway house. I don't have that prerogative. It's called by his name. My church is called by my name. They're called Christian in Antioch in Syria. Why? Because it's called by his name. Amen. And oh, she went by there and she looked up far off. And she saw the guy in the field walking in the field like our Jesus. And said, who is that guy? She said, that's the guy you're going to marry. Oh, church, when I set my eyes on him, every eye shall see him. But when I see him, it's going to be a different look. I talk about the ancient of days become the bridegroom. And as a friend of the bridegroom, going to present to Christ a glorious, holy church. Without spot, without wrinkle, pure and holy. I'm trying to tell somebody, church, we know what we're looking for. God gave me a specification. The kind of girl he wants to marry. The nature of the woman. The kind of the girl. He's not going to concubine of some harlot or some whore. No, he wants a virgin church. A pure church. A holy church. Pentecostalism is about a virgin church uh, that practiced the beatitude with a proper attitude. Can you clap your hands? Hallelujah. And the Bible said when she saw him, she put a veil. Hallelujah. And she became the wife of Isaac. Amen. Part of her body came two boys, Jacob and Esau. It's amazing. Whenever good is present, Eve is always there. You'll never escape it. As long as you live, I promise you today, 1,500 times the devil visited your house, visited your mind, your thoughts, and you have to keep on vacuuming out, throwing out, and put a sign up filled up. No vacancy. Because when the devil comes and finds the house empty, he brings seven more devils. Because the first time you kicked him out, he don't want you to kick him out a second time. You brought dirty friends with him. You name them friend. That's why we believe in being filled. Mm -hmm. Not with wind, but with the Holy Ghost and fire. Baptizing fire that burn up the dross. The wind of Pentecost. Hallelujah. God said, oh, Jacob said, I want that birthright. And that's kind of people going to be in the church. People that the devil can't just push around. He said, I want that birthright by whatever means, by the volunteer, by force. And I said, when he came out of that womb, he wanted all the way. He wrestled with his brother. He wrestled with Laban. He wrestled with God, and he prevailed. If you don't fight for this, you're not going to make it. Every Pentecostal that makes it has to be an overcomer. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in all places. But church, oh God, we can overcome. He did it, and I can too. We run the race to win. You better watch out, beloved. You're in a fight for your life. Well, hallelujah. You see, Pentecost comes from somewhere. It didn't happen in Rome or somewhere in New York or some place in Canada. It's from the annal of the scripture.
I'm telling tell you where it came from. It's a long journey to Acts chapter 2. It's a long journey to Acts chapter 2. Praise God. Hamel says he changed his name to a place, a place where it's called Bethel, I mean the house of God. That's what this is, the house of God. This is the house of God. At Bethel, he saw a ladder from earth to heaven. I want to tell you, church, we have an escape right around here. That ladder. An age of ascending and ascending. Even Christ made reference to it. To Nathaniel, you shall see angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The ladder is to heaven. You're not in that place. And so this is the gate to heaven. That's what church means. Ecclesia, the called out one. The called out one. We're called out of the darkness. I was thinking this morning about in prayer, we don't celebrate Christmas and Easter and all those things. We got people that say, we won't join that church. That church is all about legalism. Bless God, nothing in this church is illegal. Give me a legal church. I don't want an illegal church. The illegal church is called uh, terrorism. Isism. Hello. And <laughs> people doing wrong stuff. Hello. God didn't abandon the law. He replaced the law. He relocated the law. You know what happened? At Mount Sinai. He put the law from nature on stones. Hoping that would work. He didn't work. So he put the law on the tablets of our heart. So I said, well, I don't like church standing. Well, I got one, friend. My church stands on my heart. God put it in my heart. When I go buy my suit, my law go with me. When I go to a hotel, my laws go with me. When I go to work, my laws go with me. When I got married, the laws is with me. When I drink something, the law is with me. On the airplane, the law is with me. We are diverse, we are different, distinct people. We are peculiar. Why? Because we are Pentecostal. Pentecostal are different. They're different. Talk different, look different, smell different, dress different, believe different. That's why we're oddball. Hallelujah. And Jacob, you could tell he was a Pentecostal by the way he walked. Hallelujah. You know why? He'd been with an angel last night. You can tell we've been with Jesus. My speech betrays me. I just won't lie. I just won't cuss. I won't do drugs. I want to alcohol. I can't defile the temple. I feel like Manoah's wife. I'm pregnant with Jesus. Christ in you. The hope of glory. I can't guard anything that's intoxicating to kill that spirit that's inside of me. Knowing that Christ is in you. Chapter 13 and verse 5 of St. Corinthians. Read it for yourself. Christ is in you. It's the hope of glory. Colossians 1 27. How he got in there? I had my Pentecostal experience. Can somebody say hallelujah? I wish so you folks had the way you sit right now. I can tell you don't have anything. But Jacob, Jacob walked differently from Esau because Esau never had a time with God. And the reason why you can't walk different because you never had a time with God. You have no walk with him. And God said to walk with me your garment has to be white and spotless. This church is not planned to be left behind. We're going to make the same church. God told me to tell you something today. I was thinking coming home. I said Lord Enoch went up and nothing came down. Elijah went up and a mantle came down. God said, Brother Neil, how long must I be with you before you understand what I'm talking about? God said, here's, here's the answer. Enoch represent you Christians that will not see death. Some of you will not see death when he come for the church. You will be caught up and bypass death like Enoch. That's God creating the Pentecostal message. 
and the rest of you are going to come just like, amen, Elijah. Oh, hallelujah. Elijah could not go up until the man he touched called Elisha followed him. He could not shake him off. I want to tell you, church, there's nothing in this church can move you out from your place where God placed you. If God really call you here, nothing I preach will move you. Nothing I do will cause you to quit. But if you don't belong, you just become like the chaff in the wind and blow it away. Blow it away. Because that which can be shaken shall be shaken. That which cannot be moved remain unmovable. You see, Elijah going up, what's God trying to do? Teach us the Pentecostal message. Parallel is Jesus going up. Elisha watching him going up. The disciples watching Jesus going up. <laughs> Elijah mental fear. And Elisha grabbed it. Jesus going up and the Holy Ghost fell and we received it. Elisha did greater works than Elijah did. And the church is going to do greater works than Jesus did. Because we caught the Spirit. We were caught up in the Spirit. We saw him go. Hallelujah. And we received that spirit. What was Jesus doing? Amen. Fulfilling what was promised in types and shadows. But the Bible didn't stop there, church. The Bible says that they were in Egypt for four, how many, how many years, folks? 400 years plus 30. Church, hear me, my friend. I don't care where you are in the bar, in the pub, in the cesspool of sin. If God has his eye on you, he's going to pull you out. I don't care how many bondage you're in, honey. When God get ready, you got to come out. I call my sons out of Egypt. I call them out of the darkness into this marvelous light. I said, when God get ready, you got to come out of false doctrine. Come out of red religion. When God wants you, my friend, you're going to give your culture for Jesus Christ and count all things tongue. You know, because God said, call my men out of Egypt. Pentecostal is filled with called out ones. Called, chosen, and live faithful. You'll never know how blessed you are in this church until 50 years from now. Mark my word down. You either regret it or be glad for it. Hallelujah. God's trying to lead you into truth. But he ain't going to drag you if you don't want to. I call my sons out of Egypt out of bondage to sin. Hallelujah. And God's not going to promise for you. I'll slew a lamb on your behalf. You need to die. In the Old Testament, when they have a death, they buried them. In the New Testament salvation, hallelujah. When we bury somebody, it's through repentance. In a water or a grave, and you still live. Now you're a living dead. Not a dead dead. You're a living dead. Stay with church. Pentecostals. There are more religion today beating the, the exit from the name Pentecostalism. You better hang on to it. You better grasp it with everything you got. I don't care what they call themselves. They're not biblically oriented. We're found in the chapter. In the scripture and the verse it is written. We are the true Pentecostals. Inside, outside, upside, every side possible. Shaka Mahaya. I said, Amen. God sent Moses down there with a Passover. Now we don't call it Passover. What do we call it? The Lord's Supper. Amen. Jews have Passover celebration, but we celebrate the what? Communion. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Blood 
and a lamb and a bread. Just like Moses did. He baptized them in the Red Sea. I baptize you in the name of the only Jesus Christ name there is. In the name of Jesus. I baptize you in that name. Moses did in the Red Sea. I do to you in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's for their forgiveness of sin in the Old Testament, in the Pentecostal religion. It is for remission of your sins. That means not to remember no more. When you come out on the other side in Egypt, my friend, you see dead bodies of soldiers, the taskmasters. When you come out, my friend, from Jesus Christ, baptism, your spirits are gone. Your drugs are gone. Your illicit life is gone. Because if any man is in Christ, he's a brand new creature. All things are passed away. And we'll all things become new. I said, we are the real Pentecostal. Have you received your Pentecostal experience this year? Church, folks said we're emotional, we dance. You talk to Egypt, Israel, come to Egypt, they dance. They shouted. They shouted. God fed them manna, amen, and fed you the word. Hallelujah. They went through the wilderness, and we go through trials and tribulations. Amen. Some backslide, and we see some backslide too. But others keep on going. The real Pentecostals. And then God said, after 50 days, after 50 days, they went to Mount Moriah. Not Mount Moriah, but Mount Sinai Church. You know where that is? Right in Saudi Arabia area. Right where Islam going to put his faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right where Islam going to put their faith. Do you know why Jesus Christ said, Matthew 16, 18, whom the men said that I am? Let me tell you why he did that. He was at Philippi where they worshiped. Hell. He stood there and said, Whom do men said I am? All right? You got your opinion, whether it's one God, two or three gods. Now I want to ask you now, how many do you believe in? What do you believe? Don't tell me what the Greek Mexican says. Don't tell me what the Hebrew says. I said, What do you believe? What do you believe, Peter? You are the Son of the living God, the very Christ. Where is Tristan on this rock? Read your Bible in history. That rock is not just his name or Peter's name. He was standing in the place where Baal is worship. He said, I'll build my kingdom on top of his. I mean, on the ruins of Baalism, I'm going to do it. And what's going to happen there? Exactly what happened with Elijah and the 450 prophets. He had to get them in a place where they build altars. Where you build the right altar, honey? Listen, listen to me. Listen to me, friend. It's not too rich for you to get it. Listen to me. When they build their altars, don't put no fire there. Baal means fire God. Son of God. Fire God. And Joe says, I'm a consuming fire also. We were bringing fire. That's God. Ooh. You know why Pentecost came with tongues of fire? To give revelation who sent the fire. You know what the rapture is? When God gave the Holy Ghost, he did this. In the person of Jesus Christ. When the rapture place falls, look at me. You're going to suck you right back up. If you're the wrong type, you ain't going up. Because man can only draw certain materials. When the fire came, after a drought, they said, The Lord is come. Jehovah is come. They bowed their head. When you got a Pentecostal Holy Ghost tongue talking, friend, you burn up your sin and burn up your dross, then you're going to know that I am He, said the Lord God. Shaka Mahaya. Cross worship God. Come on, church. Pentecost. Amen. Has been building all the years. 
Amen. When Joshua came into the promised land, the Bible said that something stopped happening. What's the happening? The manna stopped falling. And they ate from the food of the land. Search your Bible and see what that did across Jordan. And we cut off all the flesh. You're going to enter the promised land, honey. The church is calling this church to cut off the flesh. Or you can't cross Jordan. Amen. What's the flesh? The works of the flesh, there are 19 of them. Cut them off. You can't enter the promised land. I'm preaching this church to what Pentecost is all about. It's not something Pastor Dean made up. I didn't make it up. I'm telling you where it come from. How it got here. How we are a part of it. And church, what did he call Joshua? The captain of the host. What did he call Jesus? The captain of our salvation. Chapter 90 Revelation, the Pentecostals are coming. Dressed in white robe. Riding on what? The cloven ass? No, on the donkey. No, on a horse. To do what? To fight a battle. To conquer the world. You don't know this, but I'm going to tell you right now. In God's word, only four major kingdoms are going to rule on this earth. And Daniel named them. The fifth one is the stone cut out of the mountain. Hello, somebody. The old stone in this church is not your heart. It's Jesus Christ the rock. Stay with the church. I've got my name in the roll and my foot on the rock. And every so often, have a rock and roll time. Shaka Mahaya. Hello, somebody. It's time to have a rock and roll church. I'm not sure what you guys are used to, but I'm preaching. I'm preaching to educate you. The way they call you a cult, laugh at them. When they mock you, laugh at them. See, I have an experience that the devil never give, and the devil can't take it away. I'm rushing on, church. But you know, when Solomon built that temple, beloved, I'm telling you how Pentecost getting started. Put it all together. Come on, put it all together. All these little nuggets together. You see how we got Pentecostalism. Solomon built a temple. After he finished praying, exactly what happened, amen, at Mount Sinai happened at the temple. The Shekinah fell. At Mount Sinai, a man called Moses built a what? A tabernacle. Did he not build a tabernacle? What did God call your, your body? A temple and also a tabernacle. If this tabernacle decreases, we have what? What? What do we have? A wall full of clothes? No. Your body is the temple of God. You can't just put any old drugs in your body. You can't play with sin in your body. No way. You are belonging to God. Know not that your body is a temple? The only way he can become a temple, there must come a day when he filled you up. Three thousand people got killed for building a golden calf. How many got saved on the day of Pentecost? How many? Three thousand. How many were in Solomon's temple when the glory came down? A hundred and twenty, dressed in white robe. How many were in the upper room when the Holy Ghost fell? 
Pentecost didn't start in Azusa Street or Topeka, Kansas. It didn't start in some Catholic church or some Mormon church or Baptist church or any kind of church of that matter. No, church! It's in the books of the Bible! Hello? Now you don't know this. I'm going to tell you right now. In 1221, a man called Stephen Langdon, Archbishop of Canterbury, he introduced, amen, chapters in the Bible. And the first English Bible came to us in 1382 A.D. by Wycliffe for the sake of memorization. Verses of the Old Testament came into existence in 1448, write it down in your mind, by a Jewish rabbi called Nathan. Then the Old Testament have their verses put in verses we read today, like verse 16 and 38 and all that, in 1555 A.D. by a guy called Stephanus. Why? For memory. Why am I taking this? There are people on television and radio who said anybody who preached Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38, as the plan of salvation are cultic and demonic, and that's a Satan scripture, they're dead wrong. Chapters only aid memory, but doesn't change content. What changed content is, listen to a paraphrase. Hello. Hallelujah. But say hallelujah. Let me tell you, church, in 3380, come to close you because you can't take it. I can see that. Uh, you come back tonight. I'll, I'll give some more tonight. I'm not done. I'm excited. I'm a Pentecostal inside, outside, upside, everywhere possible. I've been born again. My faith is not in the number Acts 2.38. Um, in the reference that it makes, but not the number. If I mention to you unseals and minish badger school, you don't know who that is. But we'll talk about some more. In the 33 AD, Christ went up into heaven. I want you to share it. From Egypt to Mount Sinai, 50 days. And the power of God came down. The mountain shook, the people shook, forces came, lightning came, thunder roars. And they said, No more. Don't talk to us, God. That's enough. No one here. Can't. Can, let Moses talk to us and somebody else. That's how come we got preachers today. Because people say, we don't want that. Tell God, don't talk to us direct. Talk to a man called theocracy. And now, church, look at this. Jesus Christ raised from the dead for 40 days. He's with the people. 500 brethren. 380 couldn't wait. They gave up waiting. Hello. The word tire means sit down. Sit, sit down and sat down waiting for Jesus to do something. He said, wait for the promise. So they're waiting for the promise. Now church, stay with me, folks. Because this is a life and death issue. It's hell or heaven issue. Wait! Don't leave! 380 left. 120 sat down having no idea what they're waiting for. We're waiting. We're waiting, Jesus. We're praying. We're waiting. Men and women for the first time in the same building waiting. Scared to death. All of a sudden, what happened at Mount Sinai began to happen on this day. Ten days. Forty mean testing. Ten mean completion. It needs ten men on site to form a synagogue, meaning a church. They, they met the quota system. Ten men were there. And they had Matthias make it 11. Bring out of the 12. Right? Jesus is gone, the 13th guy. Now, 
120 mean government. In the Knesset, in Israel today, there are 120 seats in the Knesset that form a Jewish government. So they have 120. They passed the 40 years, 40 days. The 10, testing, completion. 120 for a quorum. What better setting for the Holy Ghost to come down? Fifteen hundred years we're waiting for this to happen. You can't find no celebration of this sort anywhere in the Bible except at Babylon in Iraq. When God came down with angels and said, confound their languages. And God broke up human one world government under the auspices of Nimrod. And God gave us the language you have today. Your mother's tongue is what gets you in trouble. It's what God gave you all. Let's stand. And God scattered them around the world. Now, church, look at Pentecostal now. 120 people in one room. Now, church, they were all seated. Nobody's preaching. There are no missionaries. There's no deacons and elders there. Just a bunch of frightened Jews. <laughs> Praying, waiting. And all of a sudden, what happened at Babylon with Nimrod happened at Pentecost. Amazing. But this time, it didn't form discord. It formed a chord. And if you look in your Bible, every nation under heaven at one time or another have experienced the Pentecostal impact. Acts chapter 1 and 2 tells you every nation were there. Arab nation, European nation, African nation, you name it, they were there. And they saw it all. You can't escape Pentecost. I'm going to hang, hang in suspense because it's late. I want to blow you away tonight. I'm going to tell you what you can't find in textbooks. Because it's hidden from the wise and the prudent. But church, I want to talk to you. Because not many days hence. I know what time it is. You don't know what time it is. I know what time it is. Let me tell you, friend. This world can't keep with the news of cataclysmic activities happening around the world. There are too many to talk about. Too many cataclysmic activities. But the Bible said Pentecost would precede it. We have gone through being fruitful. We've gone through being multiplied. We we're fruitful in the book of Acts. We multiply the book of Acts. We are now in the replenished stage. I'm going to tell you what God did in the last 2,000 years. I'm going to blow you away. You need to hear it. Because if you don't, you're going to be deceived. We are on the verge of a... But in case you don't come, Revelation is the closure of the book of Acts. Revelation is the book of the seventh month in the harvest that come with Passover, Pentecost, and also the Feast of Tabernacle. What did they have, Sister Neil, in Revelation? What was in their hand? What were they waving? Saint Church, what were they waving? Who are the people? came out of all kindred, tongues, and nations. Where kindreds and tongues and nations came from? Babylon. What did God say to her? Come out of her 
my people. You know how you get out? Rapture. Like he brought you out of Egypt on eagles. Church. Are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the Savior's bride? Come and be baptized into the and forevermore abide. Well, are you in the church triumphant? Are you in the same? If you knew 